Madam President. The Senator from Maryland is recognized. Madam President, it is the constitutional duty of each Senator to weigh the evidence before us and render a final verdict on the two articles of impeachment. On the charge of abuse of power, the House managers have presented overwhelming evidence, a quote, mountain of it, as Senator Alexander has conceded. For anyone with eyes to see or ears to hear, President Trump undoubtedly used the power of the presidency to withhold vital taxpayer-funded military aid from Ukraine to extort its government into helping him in his reelection campaign. He did so even though fighting Russian aggression is in our national interest. And make no mistake, the fact that he got caught before his scheme succeeded is no defense. The House has also proved its case on the charge of obstruction of Congress. President Trump has engaged in unprecedented stonewalling, a blanket cover-up that makes President Nixon look like an amateur. Not a single document produced, nor a single witness. Those who did testify did so despite the president's order not to show up. They raised their right hands and swore to tell the truth. They included Trump political appointees and a major donor to his campaign. Individuals who served our country in war. Dedicated public servants who took an oath to defend the Constitution. Dismissing them as anti-Trumpers and Democratic witnesses is wrong, as were the President's attempts to bully and intimidate them. With the facts proven, the Senate must now ask, do these charges meet the standard for impeachment? The President claims impeachment requires charging him with a statutory crime. But that is a fringe view with patently absurd results. Their lead lawyer making this argument, Alan Dershowitz, did not hold this view during the Clinton impeachment. Nor does Trump's attorney general, William Barr, nor does Jonathan Turley, Trump's constitutional law expert at the House Judiciary Committee hearing. Nor does the authority cited by the president's own lawyers here in the Senate and referenced nine times in their legal briefs. That authority, entitled Impeachment, a Handbook, states, and I quote, the limitation of impeachable offenses to those offenses made generally criminal by statute is unwarranted, even absurd, unquote. This suggested standard has been roundly dismissed because it leads to ridiculous conclusions. For example, that a president could withhold taxpayer-funded disaster assistance to the people of a state until their governor endorsed the president for re-election. Even Alan Dershowitz recognized the folly of his own argument, so he switched to saying impeachment requires criminal-like conduct. Well, the president's actions here have all the markings of criminal-like conduct. 
including what the founders would consider bribery and extortion. Moreover, as made clear by the nonpartisan legal opinion I requested from the GAO, the president and his team broke the impoundment control law as part of his overall extortion scheme. In fact, the toxic mix of misconduct we find here, a president corruptly using his office in a manner that compromises our national security to get a foreign government to help him stay in power is exactly the kind of abuse of power our founders most feared. Yet the president shows no sign of remorse or regret. His refusal to acknowledge any wrongdoing is an ongoing threat to our country and our Constitution. Even as this impeachment process has proceeded, he has continued to solicit other countries, including China, to help his reelection efforts. As he says, the Constitution gives him, and I quote, the right to do whatever I want as president, unquote. Let's be honest. President Trump sees the Constitution not as a check on his powers, but as a blank check to abuse power, and he won't change. His ongoing betrayal of the oath of office represents a clear and present danger to our Constitution, our democracy, and the rule of law. Those who argue we must not remove the president before the next election ignore the fact that the founders included an impeachment clause in the same Constitution that establishes four-year terms for the president. And they wrote the impeachment clause for exactly this moment, to prevent a corrupt president from enlisting a foreign power to help him cheat in an election. President Trump has committed high crimes and misdemeanors against the Constitution, and we must use the founders' remedy. We must find him guilty and remove him from office. Failure to convict will send a terrible signal that this president and any future president can commit crimes against the Constitution and the American people and get away with it. But it is not only the president who has violated his duty under the Constitution. So too has this Senate. Not because of the ultimate conclusion expected tomorrow, but because of the flawed way the Senate will reach that decision. While I strongly disagree with acquittal, that verdict might be accepted by most Americans if reached through a real and a fair trial. But this Senate did not hold a real trial. It held the first impeachment proceeding in our history not to call a single witness or seek a single document. President Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton, offered us important information about the charges against the president. The Senate voted not to hear from him. President Trump said he wanted his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, to testify at the Senate trial. But then he changed his mind, and Senate Republicans voted not to hear from him. I offered to have the chief justice make decisions about relevant witnesses and documents, just as impartial judges do in trials every day across America. In fact, 
unlike in every other courtroom, it preserved the right of the Senate to overturn the Chief Justice's decision by a majority vote. That is obviously a fair process for the President, but every Republican senator voted against it. And why? Because they're afraid of getting to the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They know that as more incriminating facts come out, it becomes harder to acquit. And by joining the President's cover-up, they have become his accomplices. While the decision on the President will come tomorrow, the verdict on this Senate is already in. Guilty. Guilty of dereliction of its constitutional duty to conduct an impartial trial. And because the trial was a farce, the final result will be seen by most of the country as illegitimate, the product of a tainted trial. And President Trump must understand this. There is no exoneration, no vindication, no real acquittal from a fake trial. In failing to adhere to the principles of our Constitution and the values of our country, I fear we have done grievous injury to the nature of our democracy. I only hope America will find the resilience to repair the damage in the years to come. Madam President, I yield the remainder of my time.